I don't like to do this, uh, but we're going to talk about the devil today. And the reason I don't like to do that is because he likes that. He loves for us to be thinking and talking about him. And uh, at the same time, I think we need to know some really important information. One of the imp most important things we can know is our enemy. And one of the most common mistakes we make is we think of people as our enemy. And Dr. Peter Kraft always points this out. I love it. Almost every human that we say is our enemy, no, they're not. They're our patient. They're whom God assigned us to pray for that he'll heal. We call people our enemies because it takes our eyes off the only real enemy we have, and that's the devil. I also don't like talking about it because it taps into something in us. I taught high school for 10 years, and I always told people, so that's two 10-year runs at high school for me. <laughs> You're going to think about that and laugh a lot. But here's the thing. I could say, I'm going to bring in a guy who... Uh, is the expert at explaining God's love in such a way that will really help you and the students would yawn. If I said we're going to talk about the devil, every hand went up. Questions, questions, questions. And why is that? It's because we like the power. We like to know things we're not meant to know. Think about the Eucharist, right? The best thing we got. And what did Jesus say? Take and understand? No. He said take and receive. And when it comes to evil, we always get very quick answers, quick power. It goes on a kind of spiritual credit card that we can never pay, but we don't think about that at the time. We're just happy to get what we want. So be this as it may. With all that, we're talking about the devil. And when I say we, I mean me. You have to listen. <laughs> God help you. So who is the devil? the most powerful created thing. And that's pretty intense to think about. Jesus isn't created, Jesus is. But when it comes to the devil, we're talking about one of the seven archangels that God created. And to you, and to, or excuse me, to him, you and I are, are disgusting. We're like that bug. I, I was a big believer and still am as much as I can be. Don't kill anything you're not going to eat. Yeah? That's important to me. And, and that even went to bugs to some extent. And I know I'm a loser for that, but don't worry, it went away. When I was praying Mass one time, this spider, this was at St. Mary in, in Manitou Beach, this spider the size of a Honda Civic, yeah, uh, landed on the altar and started jumping. He kept jumping on the red book. We call that the Roman Missal. And, and he would jump on it, and I'd, you know, and blow him up, and he'd jump right back on. He wanted to pray. I don't know. And the server ran up, like, to maim this thing. And it was during peacetime, which I thought was totally ironic. But I got him, and I took him outside. And I'm just like, he's just doing his job. He's a spider being a spider. Don't kill the darn thing. And... Uh, but that all changed when I moved into a rectory that was filled with silverfish. Do you know these bugs? Yeah, they look like demons. Uh, and, and I was convinced, like I would literally, this rectory was filled with them and I would wake up with them crawling on me, yeah? And I always thought they're gonna go in my ear and eat my brain. Uh, there's not a lot there, but you know. 
And so I started killing them, yeah? And there was a day it hit me that these disgusting looking bugs, that's how the devil sees you and me, truly. We're disgusting to him. C.S. Lewis put it this way, if you and I, for a moment, saw ourselves like God sees us, if you saw you with God's eyes, you'd want to worship yourself. You are that beautiful to our Lord. But that beauty is exactly what repulses the devil. His hatred for you and me is very personal and very collective. So now we'll look at his tactics. What are his tactics as we see in this gospel? First, he always starts with a good. Yeah? He always starts with a good. What were the goods he offered Jesus? Well, you can cure hunger and doubt, and you can force people to do the right thing. Those seem like good things, but the devil never gives you a good thing except to get you. Think of it like this. Dad had a farm when I was a kid, and I worked on a million farms. I fed a lot of cows. I did not feed them because I loved them. Yeah? I didn't give the cows or the pigs what they wanted because I really loved them. I did that because they're delicious. Yeah? And I want more of them to eat later. And this is the same principle at work with evil. When the devil offers us what we want, it's not because he loves us. It's so that we'll be easier to destroy later. If we get used to all those little compromises, then he's got us. We want to be sure to recognize the devil will not appear to you and say, you know, you should go kill a lot of people. He's always going to start with a good. That's how he rolls. And it's proven in the fact that what? He quotes scripture. He quotes scripture a lot when he appears. The ability to quote scripture is overrated. All it means is you can memorize. And the devil can memorize as it turns out. Now, we want to be conscious of that. Scripture is a good, but not everyone who quotes scripture at you is your friend. Not everyone who quotes scripture at you loves the Lord. So we've seen some of his tactics. He starts with a good, including scripture. And then there's always this clever thing he does of reducing God to a if-then. What does that mean? Well, like a computer or a vending machine. If I do this, God will do that. And why is that an important temptation? Because it doesn't work. We're not in charge here of this relationship. God is. I remember when I was a kid, I was, I don't know, seventh grade, and I wasn't a huge fan of church. And I remember, you know, because you could be playing ball. Uh, and I remember this, this woman at church gave a whole bunch of us, seventh and eighth grade boys, this card. And on it, it was, here's how you pray the rosary. Okay? And then at the bottom, there's a prayer. And then it said, ready? Everyone who prays the rosary every day and says this prayer every day will go to heaven. And I'm like, back door. You know, <laughs> yes! Right? God doesn't want anything of me. But to say some prayers, I'm in. Yeah? That's not faith. That's magic. God don't do magic. I can pray the rosary every day and have no idea who God is. I can just make noises with my mouth and call that prayer. 
This is about relationship. This is not an if-then situation. God's in charge. And we follow him not because of what he'll do for us, but because we're supposed to follow him. The devil will always try to reduce God to that, if-then. The third tactic we need to remember is he waits for the right time. He is smarter than you and me. And what I've found from Scripture and from my own experience, you know what the right time is for him to get after us? When we feel spiritually strong and physically weak. When we feel spiritually strong, we're feeling pretty saucy about ourselves. You ever been there? Yeah, I had a great prayer time this morning. How'd you do? It was my 15th confession this month, you know. We're feeling good about ourselves. We did the right thing. We're praying. We're living right. And then what happens, of course, is we aren't thinking defense. We aren't thinking defense. And because of that, we're vulnerable. And then we're tired, right? Are you tired? Seriously? No? All right. I'll keep going if you want. I, mean, I, I, can, I can make you tired. Uh, let me summarize a book. No, we're tired, right? And we're busy. Humans have never been this busy before. I literally mean that. And C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, and so the devil said, I can't make humans bad, so I'll make them busy. We're busy and we're tired and we're human doings instead of human beings. And when we are tired and when we are feeling spiritually pretty good about ourselves, perfect time for the attack. When did the devil tempt Jesus? Immediately after his baptism. Immediately after the moment where the heavens opened and a voice from heaven said, that's my boy. Yeah? And what is the first line of every temptation from the devil? Well, if you're God's son, that's how he works. The fourth thing we need to remember this is one of his big tactics is to quote St. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. Yeah. What was the last line of scripture? He departed from Jesus for a time. He was back. We only know these temptations because that's what God felt we needed to know. But the fact is, the devil is relentless. And he is not in linear time. So he's got all the time in the world. He will take his time. And we need to be conscious of that. So we got this big, powerful being that personally hates you, collectively hates us, that thinks very little of us. You notice those temptations? In the end, he's asking God, he's telling Jesus, be a God that fills their bellies. They'll follow you. Be a God that gives them great big signs. Oh, they'll follow you. Force them to follow you. And good things will happen. He's asking God to think as poorly of you and me as the devil does. But God believes in you. He knows you'll follow him with a broken heart, with a doubting mind, with an empty stomach. Christians have been doing that for 2,000 years. God was right. But the devil doesn't think you're capable of that. So, nasty, stinky enemy, huh? Yeah? And I'd be foolish to end the homily here, although you'd like that. How do we fight him? 
easy peasy, okay? First step, stay out of his territory. Stay away from where the devil lives. And where does he live? In fear and in anger. Those are his favorite spots. That's his food. And that includes our obsession with knowing the future. So we do not do horoscopes or Ouija boards or consult fortune tellers or palm readers, any of that nonsense. The future is not our business. All we need to know is God's already there. This is the sin that started the fall. You and I trying to know things that it's not our business to know. You and I only need to know God's there, so I'll be okay in whatever the future is. But when we use means outside of Jesus to try to get to the future, that's the devil's domain. I've heard people say, oh, Father, that's not even real. Those guys are scammers. I don't doubt it. But the devil, (laughs) he doesn't care. (laughs) You, You get what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, well, they're just doing it as a scam. I better stay away. If he hates you, if he wants to crush you, he'll take any opportunity. And if you and I start wandering around his yard, that's an opportunity. We need to stay away from his territory. Second, and this is the great news, uh, we need to not fight. What do I mean by that? For the third week in a row, which shatters my previous record of one, I'm going to quote G.K. Chesterton. Yeah? You fight for God like you fight for a lion. Just get out of its way. Yeah? We fight for God like we fight for a lion. Just get out of the way. The lion doesn't need you. Our tools against evil are that we pray. We pray the St. Michael prayer. That's the angel that cast him out of heaven. And we pray to our Blessed Mother. We ask her, pray for us. Why her? Well, because when we talk about the devil, we're talking about the most prideful thing in the universe. And when did he take his worst beating? When a 14-year-old little girl said yes to God. And if you think that doesn't drive him nuts, you haven't been paying attention. We pray the Hail Mary. We ask our mother to pray for us and he will leave. We pray to St. Michael. We ask him to pray for us. And in that, we're letting God doing the fight. We'll just stay back and let the lion defend itself. The thing we must do, the best weapon in our spiritual arsenal beside prayer is sacrifice. Because as powerful as the devil is, he is very limited in a very specific area. He cannot create. He can only pervert or corrupt or destroy. He is incapable of creation. And because that's his limitation, because he's limited to power, that means he can't do anything in the face of sacrifice. He is utterly helpless in the face of sacrifice. Right? Step one of the playbook, sacrifice always gains power over those limited to power. And that's why, that's our theme, this Lent. Sacrifice. Sacrifice little. Sacrifice big. Be constantly sacrificing in whatever way you can. Be it sacrificing your time, what you want, whatever it may be, sacrifice. The devil is powerless in the face of it. So there's our crash course on the devil. 
And it's all we really need to know, I think. So we're not going to spend much time on him. We're not going to live in terror of him because he is powerless over those of us connected to Christ. All he can do is frighten. What we pledge today is that we'll do our part. And the way we're going to do our part is by praying. And some of our best prayers in the fight against evil are our Blessed Mother and St. Michael. And whatever else we do, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, we are going to be men and women who sacrifice in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Okay.